Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. In 1987, British novelty band The Firm released a song called Star Trekkin', which was a parody of the first television series of Star Trek. Can anyone remember it? If you're my kind of age and you can't remember it, you're actually now old enough to be a little bit forgetful. And if you're too young and are wondering what I'm going on about, Google it and have a bit of a laugh. Because it actually ended up at number one on many of the world's music charts at the time and sold over a million copies. It was very successful. In the song, Star Trekkin', there's a line that became quite famous. The figure playing Dr. Spock says, It's life, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it, Captain. You watch it, you'll see it. The implication being that space travel was bringing huge change to the way that people were going to be living. It's life, but not as we know it. Something's changing. Things won't be the same. In the passage that we're looking at today in the Bible, Jesus is pretty much saying exactly the same thing as he challenges his audience with a way of living that was potentially radically different to what they knew. And because the words of Jesus are eternally relevant, there's a huge challenge for us in the way that we live today. These words of Jesus might, in effect, say to us, It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. We're looking at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 31 to 35, which say this. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. It's a very difficult passage to get our head around. And two aspects of context are very important. Firstly, the gospel of Mark itself is a really interesting gospel, if only for the fact that it's really short compared to the others. Mark's gospel could be described as containing just stories of beginnings. It's short and sharp and just introduces ideas without going into much more detail. It has the shortest and sharpest ending of any of the Gospels. The ending generally accepted as being the woman fleeing the empty tomb, trembling and bewildered. Mark's point being that the resurrection has happened and that's the beginning of life, Jim, but not as we know it. He doesn't care too much for what happened afterwards. The big point is that the tomb is empty. We know that the Gospel of Mark is short, Because the passage that we're looking at today is found in chapter 3. The corresponding story in the Gospel of Matthew appears in chapter 12. And in the Gospel of Luke, it's in chapter 11. A lot beforehand. So Mark is straight to the point. 
So when he introduces this radical, expansive, challenging idea of family being different from what was culturally normal, he doesn't expand on it. He just moves on to the next point in chapter 4. Secondly, some context around this particular passage. While the other gospel writers go into a lot more detail about the appointing of Jesus' 12 disciples, Mark covers that in just seven verses, Mark 3, 13 to 19. Immediately after that, we're, we're on the road. Jesus is in action, the disciples following along, watching what's going on. And as all stations go in the early days of Jesus' public ministry, in verse 20, we see the introduction to the conclusion that we're looking at. Jesus is in a house. People are crowding around him like crazy. He's attracting massive attention because of the miracles that he's already been performing. Interestingly, his family aren't happy about this. Verse 21, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. At the same time, he was getting in trouble with the community leaders. Verse 22, and the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. They were saying he has an evil spirit. In short, everyone, including his own family, thought he was completely nuts. No one understood who he really was or what was really going on. Out of this madness and this scene, we get Jesus' response. Radical, punchy, challenging to the way that we do life and faith together, particularly in these times of resetting our spiritual formation in what we are calling the new normal. Jesus challenges the norm by saying in verse 33, who are my mother and my brothers? He asked in verse 34. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and he said, Here are my mother and my brother. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. To paraphrase Jesus' words, he's basically saying, It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it, folks. Jesus is defining what family looks like for those who are his apprentices. What Jesus is saying is this. We grow spiritually when we are relationally connected to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus is defining a new family, distinct from what we call our nuclear family. And this new family is critical to how we grow as apprentices of Jesus. He's clearly saying that to be an apprentice of Jesus is not a journey that we can adequately do by ourselves. To add some significance to what Jesus is saying, when we look into the original language of the Bible, we see that the word he uses for brothers and sisters in verse 35 is the Greek word adelphoi. This word is used some 340 times in the New Testament, predominantly by Jesus and then by Paul. That's not an insignificant number of times. But what we need to grasp is that when Jesus and the other New Testament authors are using this word, they're not talking about brothers and sisters in the, in the nuclear family sense. They're talking about brothers and sisters who are drawn together as the new household of God, what we might call spiritual siblings, who are adopted into the family of God as Paul writes about in Ephesians 1.5 or 1 Timothy 3.15. 
Adelphoi identifies those who are in a spiritual relationship as brothers and sisters. The radical nature of what Jesus is saying in Mark chapter 3 is that as brothers and sisters, we together form a family. And that family forms the basis of how we grow together. It is in this family environment where meaningful discipleship really takes root. And it is far from individualistic, which is what we celebrate as being so central to our identity in the Western world today. If we're honest with ourselves, to be Adelphoi is really, really hard. It goes against the grain of the way we live. It means wrestling with relational challenges. But as the saying goes, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. So for those of us who are apprentices of Jesus, we're stuck with each other in a family that Jesus himself says is central and critical to our identity. Well, let's get practical. In Mark 3, 34 to 35, Jesus introduces this concept of family. And if it's what Jesus practiced, then honestly, we don't have a whole lot of choice about it. One of the three tenets of the series that we're working through is to do what Jesus did. And this is what Jesus did. He's modeling to us a way to live that he knows will be good for our spiritual growth for so many reasons. And so we're actually kind of stupid to ignore it. Such is the strength of the theme of Adelphoi all the way through the New Testament. A few weeks ago, I detailed the disparate group of disciples that Jesus brought together as his family. I spoke about some of their imperfections. The Bible details some of their disagreements. And yet, miraculously, most of them, well, we all know about Judas, went on to become the most influential and Christ-honoring ambassadors and living examples of what being apprentices to Jesus looks like. From those few, we have inherited a global church that stretches beyond what we can realistically understand. So how do we apply this? If we want to break it down to reality, we can't have intimate, accountable, and worthwhile relationships with everyone who calls themselves an apprentice of Jesus. That's it's just impossible. But what we can do is think about who we have in our lives that we allow to contribute to our spiritual growth. Who do we confide in when we struggle with questions about faith? Who are we accountable to who might correct us when they see us drifting out of what is perhaps God's best for us? Who do we trust to share our deepest hurts with so that we might receive our deepest healing from as they pray for us and support us Who do we honestly do life and faith together with? Maybe we could think about it this way. You all know what Lego is. You've all probably played with it. I played with it a lot. I enjoy playing with Lego and having grandchildren now is just a great excuse to to play Lego publicly again. (laughs) The dots on the top of a piece of Lego are called studs. And each piece of Lego only has so many studs, either two, four, six, or or maybe even eight. You can only attach pieces of Lego together according to how many studs they have. If we use the example that our lives are like a, a brick of Lego, we only have so many studs to attach people to. I would generally say that for myself, 
six is perhaps the maximum to really allow a strong and deep connection that is truly life enhancing for my spiritual growth. There are six on this brick. The question then is this, who are our six? Or however many you have space for, maybe four, maybe eight. Who are our spiritual brothers and sisters, our Adelphoi, beyond our nuclear family, who we give permission to speak into our lives? Who are the people that we open our hearts to? Who do we express our emotions to? Who do we share our thoughts with? Who are we prepared to display our insecurities to? Can we name those people? And if not, we have some work to do so that we can grow to be like Jesus. Here at Windsor Park, we've always valued the small gathering. None of us can have life-giving, spiritually transforming relationships with everyone. It's just not possible because we only have so much space in our lives. That is why we constantly talk about smaller group connection. And that can be in life groups, that can be serving together in ministry teams, that can be regularly meeting up for coffee or lunch after our large gatherings, it can be sharing hobbies or leisure activities, it can be Zooming together online and in small groups online, it, it can be anything. Just smaller groups. But often we struggle with the transition into a deeper relationship. One that opens ourselves to transparency and ultimately to growth. Let's be honest, we're generally very protective people. It's risky to open our hearts and share what's really going on. We often think we're the only ones struggling with whatever it is that we're struggling with. And we do whatever we can to avoid the fear of judgment that we perceive will be ours if we're really honest. Sometimes we've been hurt by being transparent and we may not want to risk that again. Folks, Jesus is saying this to us. Get over ourselves. Yes, it's risky. Yes, it means being vulnerable. Yes, it means having to deal with whatever it is that stops us from opening up. And yes, this is truly a work of the Spirit that offers the miraculous possibility of spiritually growing into the fullness of life that God desires for us to enjoy. The joy of today's world is that there are just so many ways that we can connect with others. Technology allows us the space and the opportunity to share our lives across the world. A couple of my Lego studs are people who live overseas. And yet with WhatsApp and Messenger and other social media platforms, that, that aids us in sharing deep questions, sharing our lives with each other that, that help us grow. There are just a myriad of ways to have connection with people, but it all starts with understanding that life and faith is not designed to be lived alone. It was radical for Jesus to say, and it remains a radical way for us to live. The dynamic of being brothers and sisters in Christ, Adelphoi, is family. It's family, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. But I want to suggest to you, that it has the potential to powerfully help us grow as apprentices of Jesus and show the world that the family of God is prepared to do the hard yards in a way that shapes and molds us and as a result helps us to extend the kingdom of God's in our time. 
So a couple of questions to think about. Question one, what's holding you back from opening up your life to your family in Christ, your brothers and sisters? Question two, what are you going to do to help you get over that blockage? Because we grow spiritually when we are relationally connected to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus has said this from the start of his public ministry. In 1977, a while ago again, a Kiwi by the name of Richard Gillard wrote a song that was called The Servant Song. It's an expression of the Christian call to community, marked by selfless service, walking alongside and bearing one another's joys, sorrows and fears. It's a call to live out our lives as brothers and sisters in Christ, Adelphoi, family. I remember singing the song through my teenage years and being challenged by it. And there's not another single song of this genre in the whole world of worship music, I think. Prove me wrong if you can find another one. It's a little bit old school in the music, but the lyrics are powerful if we choose to accept the challenge to grow spiritually through our love and relationships with each other. I want us to listen to the servant song today, read the lyrics and and take a minute to hear what the Spirit might be saying to us. What's He placing on your heart? What's an action that you might need to take? How might you need to allow yourself to be a little bit more transparent with people around you, your brothers and sisters in Christ, followers, apprentices of Jesus? There is huge opportunity for us to grow with each other. What's the Spirit saying to you? Let's listen to the song, read the lyrics, and hear in our hearts what God might be saying. Bye. 
are so challenging to the way that we live. I told you there's not really another song well, that I know of anyway that says the same kind of stuff. Let, let's pray as we wind this up today. Father, we want to thank you for your word. This passage in Mark chapter 3 is deeply challenging. It forces us to think outside some of our comfort zones. It forces us to think perhaps outside what we call our nuclear family, our our tightness of family. It forces us to think about the value of being in a, a more intimate relationship, perhaps with people that are around us or even people that we might not yet know. It challenges us to think about exposing ourselves and it challenges us to, to think about what the possibilities might be as we are vulnerable with each other. It's very hard for us to accept the possibility that growth comes through exposing what we consider to be our weaknesses. But Father, your word over 340 times talks about this. Adelphoi, brothers and sisters in Christ. Letters are are addressed to people, encouraging the early church to, to grow with each other. Nothing's changed because your word is eternal. So I pray for breakthrough in our lives. I pray that we might have the courage, and it takes a lot of courage, might your spirit encourage us to have courage to allow ourselves to be vulnerable with a small group of others. Give us wisdom about that as we pray about who we might invite to be part of our lives And when folks invite us to be a part of their lives, might we have wisdom about how we care and share and pray and help each other. There is incredible growth to be gained for all of us. But we know this goes against the grain. And we know this means being community and not individuals. So help us to make small steps. Maybe just give us direction around one person that we might invite to go out to coffee with and talk about what it might be to have a more vulnerable relationship and to talk about our insecurities. Thank you that Jesus modeled this to us through his group of disparate 12, none of them perfect because none of us are perfect. But Father, I pray that out of being open with each other, we will experience the growth that comes through relational connection with our brothers and sisters in Christ. As we share our stories, as we encourage and support one another, 
And Father, might this be something that, that changes our lives by your Spirit? And might it be a great model to others in our world that craves self-control and protection, we block ourselves off so much? Might this radical idea of Adelphoi be something that brings us growth? So help us to reset our relationships in this time and we commit our lives to seeing your spirit at work within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that this has perhaps prodded some of you. I know it's hard. And I would encourage you, if you want to talk more about this, if you want to think about who you could be linked up with, that's a big part of what we do in our church, whether it be online or whether it be in person. There are, like I said, a myriad of ways to do that. If this is something that you want to work on in your life, I encourage you to email us, care at windsorpark.org.nz, and we would love to stay in contact with you and see this worked out in your life. God bless. I hope you have a great week. We look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.